0: Someone might be seen as lazy because they don't necessarily have, you know, a full tank of gas every day. There are some energy types that don't have that. They have half a tank. So they have to be very mindful of where they place their energy versus others who have a full tank of gas every day. They're running around, they're exploring through, you know, picking things up, finding out whether they like it, putting it down, moving on, and they can be, they can be seen as kind of like scattered or unable to necessarily focus. Hi, I'm Kirsten Leo, and this is The Light Path Podcast,
1: brought to you by thelightpathcollective.com. I am passionate about exploring energetic practices, spiritual principles, healing modalities, and connecting to the experience and wisdom of others to illuminate our paths and live at our greatest capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love. On today's episode of the Light Path Podcast, I'm joined by the Light Path Collective's very own human design expert, Laura, where we actually dive into how knowing human design can really affect our parenting. Now, if you're not a parent, doesn't mean that this doesn't apply to you, because you could apply everything that Laura and I discuss to, say, your partner your colleagues or other family members. And if your parent's watching, it goes without saying that Laura and I are not parenting experts. Rather, just using what we know about our areas of expertise and really seeing how it can enhance the experience of understanding your children or those around you in such a deeper, more profound and effective way. Way. as always we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode and if you have any questions for laura or you're keen to work with her in this way reach out to her go to the website Light Path collective and look up laura and you can see there that she's now offering specific readings for parents to dive into and to teach you about your own child's human design but for now enjoy today's episode laura our light path collective human design guru welcome back to the podcast
0: Hi, thank you for having me. What an intro. I'll take that. Ah! <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I know that you guys in the past have been really curious about human design whenever we talk about it. So I love ending our podcast series this year as we edge towards the end of 2023 with this really practical and I think life-changing approach to human design because um, it was just through our conversations that we were having, you know, off-camera, off um, social media where the impact that human design can have on our relationship to others. So as many of you know, Laura has a background in corporate and you're really focused on human behaviour and how to do that in the most effective way according to your human design. So it's only natural that the most Mm -hmm. vital relationship that we have in terms of leading other people and nurturing other people is that parenting relationship. So of course, why wouldn't we consider the human design lens in terms of the way we relate to our kids?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And the premise of, excuse me, human design is that it allows you to work with your child other people in a way that's really unique to them and supporting the fact that they've come here pre-wired we've all come here pre-wired and what human design does is exposes that and it's a, a reminder to you of what you came here with and that's coming here with strengths areas that you're going to learn from things that you're here to communicate all the way through to like the way in which you might feel about making decisions and it's the same for children and there are younger versions of us effectively and so learning how to nurture that cultivate really well-defined clear supportive relationships and human design can really expose areas that are different for you and the child and how you can uniquely come together and provide that really kind of sacred space for them to learn and grow and be nurtured in
1: yeah as as they are not as who we want to maybe contort mm-hmm. them or condition them to be um so before we dive in let's kick off as we always do what is your current favorite quote
0: um, my favorite quote at the moment I had to think about this one and um, I have recently been um playing around with the quote you repeat what you do not repair Um, The reason being is that what human design opened up for me was areas of conditioning that I have become accustomed to because I wasn't fully aware of really who I was and what I was here to do, my purpose, all the way through to the natural gifts and talents that I have. And I was in various different cycles. I was repeating things that I hadn't repaired or accepted. And that's just something that's really stuck with me all the way through my journey uh, with human design. And it's one that I've spoken about a bit through um, posts and social media and talks that I do, um, because I think it's innately true for for anybody in any situation, whether it's relationship, whether it's um, situationships, whether it's corporate environments, changing jobs, and anything that's really getting you stuck in a repeated experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I truly believe that if we focus on the repair of that, then we can ultimately kind of eradicate the repeat of it.
1: And it sounds it's sometimes it feels so insurmountable to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's so much that I constantly repeat in my life because even my mum said the other day, "I'm totally dobbing her in," but she realised something about herself, and she said, "Oh, but I'm not changing it now. Like <laughs> I'm in my 70s, and it's like, yeah, fair enough, mum." Like,
0: <laughs> you, yeah, you know, and that's okay. Like, that's okay because you can, if you've accepted it that you're going to be in this cycle, then you know each to their own. But if you're looking to break a cycle, or the cycle makes you unhappy, or it causes you to lose yourself a little bit, then it's really about a choice of. Um, what we would consider like healthy repeats or repeats that you know if they're ultimately making you unhappy like what's causing you to consistently repeat that yeah. um, and so it opens up the the core of the issue rather than the problem itself like what's causing you to have yeah. this quote-unquote problem in your life um, and it really dives into <clears throat> like the crux of it rather than just the surface level of, oh, I'm not doing that again. It's like, what is the reason I may or may I may be repeating this?
1: Yeah, love that. And um we're here today, yes, to to have this um experience of how human design can really impact your parenting. Um, but even if you're not a parent, like human design still massively impacts me. Before we hit record on this podcast episode, you know, I was saying to Laura oh like I'm a bit worried about this or and she's just like well in your design blah 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 and it's so reassuring to be like okay no I am on the right track it doesn't feel right or I'm a bit nervous about it but I am on the right track that really is honoring who I am and so um if you don't have kids it's not this episode is just not not for you because you could like pull out kids and replace best friend spouse co-worker neighbor whatever and And work with that like I'm dying to know what my niece and nephew's human design is because they are such different kids yet I I treat them as I am not necessarily a lot of the time as they are Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah don't think that this episode is just for parents but um, I also want to use this opportunity to announce something really exciting on behalf of Laura in that she has taken the leap to follow her gifts and her passion and has now stepped out from her corporate role and is full-time in her own sovereignty and calling and purpose in life and is now mm-hmm. launched as full-time in her human design business. So congratulations. It's a Thank huge thing. <laughs>
0: so yeah, huge you step. Today. Yeah it feels like a huge step but it feels like the right one and I've definitely leaned into my design in making this decision it's been a long time long time coming and and I'm really glad that I've had I've personally had coaches along the way yourself included where it really enables me to kind of speak out about what I want to do and really get myself in alignment to that and you know Props to human design, you'll get sick of me saying it, but it really enabled me to go deep and understand what my natural talents were and actually be really cool with it, Um, whether it's a little bit different, whether it's something that I was maybe a bit scared of before, um, but this work now feels really aligned to what I was doing. And even throughout my um, corporate experience recently, doing coaching through human design and supporting Um, individuals in a corporate situation um, with human design has really enabled me to see just how great the impact of this modality is. And I'm definitely here to spread the word of how it's changed my life, use examples of how I've seen it and felt it change other people's lives. And so I feel really called to do this work and um, it feels very empowering to, to be able to do it. I'm sure there will be many ups and downs that come with running your own business um but for now i want to a high so I'm gonna ride it as long as I can
1: <laughs> yeah exactly so make sure that you're following her and the good news for us on the light path collective is now so much more appointment times will be open because Laura mm-hmm. isn't rushing off to her full-time corporate job um so it'll be much easier to get in and more convenient to really connect with Laura and all the work that she does um so let's dive in. I mean, neither mm-hmm. of us are parenting experts. We use our gifts to really hold that mirror up and reflect back to the people that we're working with, what we can see. So just remind us, first of up what human design actually is. But if you want to go deeper on that, there we have done episodes on this in the past, um, and I'll refer to them in the show notes. But what human design shows us?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Human design ultimately gives you a blueprint of who you are and all that you came here with. Um, it brings together five different ancient wisdoms um, all into one place that you can really disseminate everything about yourself. And it's an ongoing learning practice. It's not just you have one reading and that's all you need to know. It's an ongoing learning process because throughout one reading there will be things that resonate and there will be things that won't resonate in an instance and so it's an ongoing journey i'm still learning a heck of a lot about my design through the experiences that i have And um, but what it does do is it helps you connect the dots as to maybe why you feel a certain way or how you've reacted in a certain way um And it teaches us that we're all made up of different energy types and that there's no kind of like one size fits all. Um, And it really enables us to understand how we move in this life and also how other people move in this life and how we can come together. Um, It also can alert us to potential triggers or area of development that we're here to learn and experience. Um, but as I said it's not it's not a one it's not one size fits all in a way that what we say today will resonate with everybody and um, what I always say is when I'm doing a reading is take what resonates with you now because you're picking up what you need to know and trust that everything that you're hearing if it does resonate is exactly positioned for you to hear it um, but this is where the journey of the journey of kind of living with and practicing human design can really come into play because it's what resonates now will continue to resonate but what doesn't resonate now may resonate in the future
1: for sure and that that's definitely also been my experience of working with you mm-hmm. um so given your background of of working with others and I think it's such a beautiful testament an example of what happens when we lean into or expand into and trust our path that things open up that you never expected. And I know that you were a bit like, what, why are people all of a sudden asking me about their children's human design? I'm in no way kind of linked to that type of work. And it's, and I think that's the beauty of trusting the path in that it's opened up and you realized, oh my gosh, there is a huge aspect here that I can help and hold people with. So talk to us about what impact knowing your child's human design can have on your parenting?
0: Yeah, and yeah, just to 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 make a point, like I don't, I'm not a parent. However, I have I have been a child, um, and I <laughs> I have parents, and so I've experienced it from a different side. But I was getting a lot of questions um, from current clients and new clients reaching out that they were really curious to understand their child's human design in order to support them and I use the term support loosely because what support means for one might not mean for the other Um, but the premise that you know we're gifted with children we're gifted with life that is pre-wired but they don't come with a manual they don't come with a guidebook that says they may need more time to make decisions or they may be particularly headstrong um, or they may have a gift for selling in the future they may have a gift for creating communities and so they don't come with a guidebook and so often I've had comments that some of my friends who have one two three children they feel like they're just winging it and to an extent absolutely aren't we all like aren't we all just winging life as best as we can every
1: aspect of life yeah,
0: (laughs) exactly and so what human design can do is give you more understanding and more of a blueprint about your your child but also about yourself Mm -hmm. and and how both your energies work in this sacred bond and as parents you know we try and be as nurturing and supportive but we only know what we know about ourselves and often we can try and use And so, without a manual, um, it's hard to kind of know what they need and what they're what they're looking for from you as a as a parent or a guardian. And so, as I said, human design can really give you um, more of a manual, and um, so that you can support the child in their unique way. You know, support them in their confidence around their gifts, support them in alignment to what they're going to choose for themselves in future. And it's not to kind of change the path that they wish they want to take or they're going to take but it is really to be that um, support service around them to ask really great questions to get them feeling in a way that's unique to them and I think as as children grow up particularly in this day and age with technology, the access to social media, the pressures of social media, the pressures of making certain decisions about yourself, a lot of questioning about who we are as humans from an adult perspective, let alone what that must feel like from a child's perspective um, to be able to have some tips and tricks on how to get them to really understand how they feel so that they can express that in their true form. um, I think is something that we can all benefit from, not just as, as parents, but just as humans and, and adults moving around in this life. So it, it allows you to understand ultimately who they are and and who they came here to be and how to interact with them. And also if they have siblings, how to work with each of them differently. And so, yeah, yeah, it's it's eye-opening.
1: I think it's just so empowering because to me, what I'm hearing is by knowing this, I'm no longer reacting to them, I'm responding to them in a way that they feel safe, understood, Mm -hmm. accepted and seen, but also in a way that makes me really effective with the decisions that I'm making or the conversations that I'm having with them, whoever them is, Mm -hmm. Um, and honouring their individualism in a way that doesn't separate them from the clan but rather invites them to be exactly who they are so that they can contribute. And I think that that's that whole vibration of that, you know, Aquarius age that we're all in now. Like, who are we individually mm-hmm. and how is that honored? What mm-hmm. a dynamic gift that you can give to your children or the children around you or the people around you to provide that safe environment at home to then send them out into the world. Mm-hmm. I think I just think that that is like um I, I, it's vital now yeah
0: yeah and even more so now because there are a lot of social constraints there are a lot of social expectations and to be to be confident enough within yourself to know what you align to how you're making decisions how you know what is meant for you. That all being said, again, to go back to my quote, like we all make mistakes and we all trial and error and things like that, but it gives them a really good setup and a grounding to be able to trust themselves. Um,
1: Oh, that is (laughs) huge. And, And even as an adult, that is what your guidance through human design has given to me. Like, oh, I am this way and that's okay. Trust that. Like I said, even before we got on, I was you know, I wasn't freaking out over something, but I was expressing like my concern over something that I was doing and you're like, yeah, but remember you're supposed to do that and this is why you're supposed to do that. And I was like, oh, okay, I was just focusing on this tiny little different angle of it, forgetting that if I just focus on that angle of it, everything will take care Mm -hmm. of itself. And that ability to trust your intuition or yourself or your own processes, oh, gosh, like, Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what I would have been like if I'd been given that gift. Not that my parents did anything wrong, but as my mom always says, you know better, you just do better. And, mm-hmm. you know, responding to my child or the children in my life, as opposed to reacting to them based on who I am and my experiences, mm-hmm. completely changes that mm-hmm. parenting game. And I can imagine it must feel so good to parent. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I've done a handful of um, parent-child readings where we've spoken about frustrations. Um, Usually I sit with the parent, um, and if there's even multiple frustrations in terms of, like, maybe they aren't reacting in a way that's similar to how their parents would react to a situation. So, you know, with an easy one is deadlines at school. Maybe there's... um, a clash between energy types of when of when stuff is going to get done. And that can be linked to things like open centers, where, the, where we feel pressure to maybe get things done sooner than they need to be done, versus more defined centers where we're comfortable to wait for that adrenaline kick in order to get something done. So I always liken it an easy example is some were you a kid that did the homework 10 weeks in advance Or were you the kid that did it at (laughs) 11.59 the night before and still got it in on time? The results are the same, that it's still the homework is still done, but it's a different way of doing it. And if the parent is somebody who is going to be wanting things done early to get it sorted and tick that off my list versus the child who's going to be like, yep no 1159 is when it will be done the night before and i'm good with that then that can cause some friction right because the parent is going to be like you're not prepared you're not ready when actually their natural gift is to react when the adrenaline kicks in and and so there's other examples of that that i have around like some children are more energetic than others some are wanting to explore through different environments some are really sensitive to different environments and that can be linked to their energy type and so managing a child through change whether it's they're going from one level of school into another or you move house or just something changes they can be particularly sensitive to it and there's ways in which you can nurture that and ask really great questions to support them in that journey and so there's as I've mentioned before on a previous podcast that we did a while back, there's five different energy types. And so all of them kind of move move and meander through differently. And so at least understanding that and, you know, how that energy works, um, someone might be seen as lazy because they don't necessarily have, you know, a full tank of gas every day. There are some energy types that don't have that. They have half a tank. So they have to be very mindful of where they place their energy versus others who have a full tank of gas every day they're running around they're exploring through you know picking things up finding out whether they like it putting it down moving on and they can be they can be seen as kind of like scattered or unable to necessarily focus but they're just exploring through what lights them up versus kind of diving in on something that they feel that they're really intrigued by so there's also and um, the links with like reactions of what causes a child to be- maybe become frustrated what causes a child to like know when they're aligned is it that sense of satisfaction when a job is well done or is it satisfaction through like exploring something new
1: I'd love to hear more examples of how in mm-hmm. practicality if you know I was a parent that was coming to you going okay who is who on earth is this thing that is in my house? <laughs> Who is this child? Like, you know, even experiences like that you've had in retrospect yeah. of your childhood. Um, I'm so tempted to ask how I should have been parented so I can parent myself that way because now it's my job to parent myself. It's not, you know, that my parents did a great job and they did a brilliant job with what they know. But it, it's just so interesting um, to see, like, oh, wow, well, yeah, if I'd been told that that changed everything, I need to start telling myself that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what are some other examples of how this practically can work if I was to come to you for this type of session?
0: Yeah, and so I've got a couple of examples from my own experience. And, you know, again, I I had a wonderful parenting experience. My parents did their absolute best. Um, but I can see now how I'm very different from my, from my sibling, my sister. Um, and so an example that I can give of an early memory is um, when I was younger, I was, all of a sudden into music, and I was obsessed with the flute, and I really wanted to play the flute, and at the time, they were expensive, and all I kept going on about for about a week was the flute that I really wanted to play, and I wanted to learn it, Um, and so, bless my parents, they, you know, they said, if you were going to buy you a flute, but you've got to go to the lessons, and I was like, yep, I want, that's what I want to do, I want to, I want to play the flute, and
1: such such an uncool instrument by the way you some kind of special nerd like not no shade to all the flute players out there
0: I have no idea what my obsession was with it um the only thing that I can think of was because it looked elegant maybe I mean I wasn't a particularly elegant child so um, maybe I was trying to be someone I wasn't um but I bless their hearts they got me a flute and I played that thing for about a week <laughs> and I was over it. I was bored of it. I didn't want to play the flute anymore. <laughs> My mum was not impressed with me because at the time, I mean, they are expensive instruments, but yeah. any wind instrument is really expensive. And so I was forced to go to lessons that I hated um, because I had kicked and screamed that I wanted this flute and um, and then I went on to the next thing. I think I then wanted to try and play the guitar, but that didn't last very long. But if I look back, I've Just always... FYI,
1: if I was your parent, I would have dragged you to those lessons and like really punished you <laughs> <laughs> to try and take you a lesson. Like don't be uncool would be my lesson, but I would have done it. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And so once we got over that, um, I think what I wish that, if I say wish, what would have been helpful for them to have known. So I'm a manifesting generator and as a manifesting generator, um, we change our minds a lot. We change our minds a lot because we're basically exploring what really lights us up and what gives us um, a really good vibe to want to go and explore. When we are lit up by something, um, it could lead us to something completely different, but it's that instant kind of interest that we're looking for. And so it's shown up in my life in multiple areas i've i've worked in human resources for a really long time but i have changed jobs multiple times to explore different industries um i have had multiple different hobbies um i was really into sports i was really into horse riding even within those uh hobbies I guess I would change discipline all the time so it was like I would do something get good at it get, get, get good at it move on take what I learned from it move on and so there was also comments from friends about me being a bit scattered not able to kind of stick at one thing and um, and knowing what I know now about my energy type and what I'm here to actually do which is creation and like bring things to life so I have the wonderful gift of like the initiation and the creation of a manifester but I also have the generator energy to actually move things into form and so for me to pivot very quickly take what I need from something and move on is actually very natural for me to do I also liken it to I've never finished I've, I've never finished a book ever I will get to the second to last page and I am very comfortable putting it down. I will read one chapter, put it down, never go back to it. I've got this one book and Josie, I have not finished that last three pages that I said I would about six years ago um I don't know if they managed to save the eggs or not and I never will. And that to me is, very frustrating for other people. I can't, for me, I can't.
1: If I had given birth to you, I don't think we would have survived your childhood. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm getting anxious to sitting here listening to that. Can you put, oh my God. I don't even know this book, but I want to read the last few pages just to tell you because it bothers me that you don't know. It really bothers so, me. So,
0: but for me, that's not, I'm very comfortable moving mm. on and taking what I can and move on from it. And that's very typical of a manifesting generator because we will pick up things exceptionally quickly take what we need move on to the next thing and once you know that about some somebody and and you'll probably see that now through the light path collective with us is mm-hmm. that i will build and build and build i'm constantly like iterating creating um and so that can be frustrating for other energy types who don't know that about me um when we're working together because i'll be creative creative onto the next thing um but i might not go into the depth of the detail and so there are children that i've seen that are really fixated on and wanting to really explore one thing really really deeply get really good at it um and not necessarily move on until they've completed but often what can sometimes happen is that they can get stuck there because it's like a never ending completion. And so support in really understanding, like, are you still enjoying this? Is this really something that does light you up or do you feel like you have to do it because you committed to it? So understanding.
1: I'm dying to know Mm -hmm. for myself and everyone else that's listening, that's having a nervous breakdown. Um. I, you can answer either of these questions, but I hope it's the second one. One, so what what would have been the best approach for your parent in the flute scenario? Or two, how the hell do I manage you? Because <laughs> because I don't want to fall out with you, but oh my god, eventually see how I will one day just chop your head off. <laughs> no, just kidding. Anyway. <laughs>
0: No, and I think because I know this about myself, I'm very aware of how it comes across. So twofold questions. I'll answer the second one first. How I manage it knowing this is that I often won't, um, I will say that the idea is not fully formed. Yeah, right. I will say that I'm not finished with this and I'm still exploring, but here's the first draft. So
1: that's because why, you, so when we discuss things now, I you do actually do that. You say, I've got this idea, but I'm not quite sure yet. And mm-hmm. me, I'm just like, just crack on, just crack on. Like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I just have to be like, okay, and trust, because I do trust. A, I trust you, but also I do trust perfect order that in at the right time, at the perfect time, mm-hmm. you'll come back to me and it will be fully formed in mm-hmm. a way that you feel confident and competently.
0: Yeah. And so I'm not, I often don't commit to something until I've gone through a journey of, now to answer your second question, um, when you when a manifesting generator is lit up by something, it's usually a gut response, but that's not always their decision-making tool. Mm-hmm. So I'm, a, I'm what's called an emotional manifesting generator. So my gut will light up, but what I have to do is actually sit with it for a bit and see if I'm still interested in that two or three day, days later or sleep on it usually what I say to manifesting generators is sleep on it, see how you feel tomorrow. Because the initial gut reaction of like, ooh, yes, we have gas in the tank for that. It might actually be something that you don't wanna do. And I usually give this this kind of example. If your friend asks you if you wanna go out on a mon- uh, on so it's Monday, your friend asks you if you wanna go out on Friday. On Monday, you might be like, oh my God, it's been a hell of a day. Yeah, I'm gonna be so pumped for a drink on Friday night. You get to Friday and you're like, flat and you're like I actually really don't want to go and so what you've done is you've not allowed yourself to ride your emotional wave that week to be like "Mm, I actually don't know how I'm going to feel on Friday can I get back to you on Thursday I'll know a bit more by then Mm. and because you're giving yourself time to think through something now that's just one example of what we call um, an authority when it comes to decision making and so each energy type will have a different authority so as children you might have somebody who makes a decision very quickly um, and they might rely on their gut reaction and that's just their telltale sign of what they want to do. So things like, yes, no questions. Do you want ice cream or not? Do you want to go to the park today? Do you want to try uh soccer? Um, so you're asking those yes, no questions to get that gut response. Now, if you have an emotional manifesting generator, say you might say, um, so what my parents could have done in that moment is, okay, so you want to play the flute Um, have a think about it, have a look at like what you need to do to learn how to play the flute, how you need to look after it. Um, see, we'll see if you still want to play the flute in a couple of weeks time. And as, as the beauty of children is that there's a naivety. So you can say, okay, not right now, but we'll think about it. Promise. We'll think about it, go off and do some research about it. Mm. Um, And so you can, you know, you can, you can hold off the decision that needs to be made for as long as you for as long as you want so if they had said to me okay let's go and have one lesson first let's go and have one lesson and see how you feel about it because it was very quick after one lesson that i was like oh no thank you can't do this very well i'm not elegant at all <laughs> don't like it and so either giving trying it in a way that's you know the cheapest option but also like saying okay you want to do that let's have some time to think on it um
1: how cool would that have been as a child to know that you had the freedom to be inspired by and desire what you desire knowing full well it wasn't going to be a burden on Mm -hmm. anybody by Mm -hmm. having the taster or just having the time to lose interest in it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and there's different so out of the five energy types there's one in particular that can be really sensitive to the surroundings so Um, it's often one that's not spoken about as much because it is the rarest of the energy types and it's called a reflector. Now, the uniqueness about a reflector is it's approximately about 1% of the population. So if you know a reflector, like it's a really, really beautiful energy to be around, but they're what we call fully open. So they are fully open to different energies around them and they are such a beautiful mirror to what's going on. So they are literally the mirrors to, um, in, in if we say a family, they are the mirrors to a family. And so when I've worked with reflected children um, or parents of reflected children, the child can become um, like very agitated in certain environments if they just don't feel right there. And so for them to stay in an environment that they feel really icky in can, can be really impactful on them rather than kind of asking them, like, how do you feel? What's coming up for you? Because in its in its most like blatant form, if they're in an environment and all of a sudden they feel on edge, they're picking up on something from the energy around them because they're so open to absorbing the energy of others. So they might be like, okay, I'm good in this space, but like they might be more comfortable maybe positioning so they can see out into the into the space rather than like they're back to the they're back to the people so to speak they might be they might want to naturally sit in the corner so that they have like security behind them but they can see what see what's going on and see out there and so usually like if they're a bit off then it's for good reason but for some sometimes it can be you know frustrating as parents you've gone to this lovely place and now all of a sudden they feel a bit icky about it but asking them what's uncomfortable here um, they're also really interesting um, when it comes to like interacting with others um, they often have like a sensitivity to other children so it can it can kind of cause them to retract a little bit and not necessarily speak out about how they're feeling and then it comes up in other ways around like maybe not wanting to do certain things in front of people like they might not want to play soccer in front of people cuz they might all of a sudden feel not very good at it um and so it's like there's a lot of um influence from the outside world for them to process every day and so for them to have a bit of alone time in the evening and not always do after school clubs if if you can help it and actually give them that time to just be in a safe space and that might be their home might be their bedroom might be just like sat with you on the couch um but you provide a safe space for them to like fully decompress to get back to themselves because if they're constantly in this state of feeling other people's energy then it's it's hard as a child to really disseminate what's yours and what's not
1: I think it's really interesting when you reflect on on that childhood journey like when they're so little they're you know they're really it's so vital because they're such putty in your hands and then when they enter mm-hmm. that Kind of teenage phase, they're just taking everything that they learned from that and try to make it work for them in situations that feel good, but also feel really challenging. And so how Mm. empowering that you can provide these experiences for them because you know innately who they are, and then they have the strategies that they can choose to adopt or not. And Mm -hmm. if you kind of reflect just more in a broader sense on those teenage and early adult years, how many of us did did do things based on society, peer pressure expectations that had nothing to do with how we really want to behave. And I was driving home yesterday. I was thinking about how I'm just a person that's never really loved nightlife. Mm. Like I just don't, like to me going out to three in the morning sounds like an absolute waste of time. Like it's just not mm. my vibe. But how often as a young adult did I try to do that because it's what everyone else was doing and Mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff. And um, I don't know, lucky I'm just stubborn and I never kind of did it Um, and never kind of went along with things. Like I lived, my first living out of home experience was living on the other side of the world and I was in this flat and there were five of us and every single other one of them were huge clubbers. Mm -hmm. So they'd be out clubbing all weekend doing stuff that I just wasn't interested in so to this day I've never done I've never been to a rave I've never been to a club I've never taken a drug because it just mm-hmm. wasn't my vibe and I, I you know I don't know if it was my conditioning or I'm just mm-hmm. really stubborn I just didn't do it but how mm-hmm. often I see people do stuff that are totally not aligned with them
0: mm-hmm. and
1: yeah. to come out of that I think it's just such a really awesome opportunity we have with
0: ourselves yeah. but also
1: working with our kids to give them permission to be themselves through this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and hey, like, there's all hindsight, I I truly love hindsight, like hindsight is always 2020. And, you know, a lot of phrases when we say, Oh, yeah, well, like hindsight's great, sarcastically, it really is, because it enables you to see just that, right? Like, Like, you can see how your design comes into play when you were actually of the mindset and having a having a defined mind can often mean that you're quite uh, strong with your not necessarily opinions. It's like strong with your perception. So it's like, it's there's not much influence there. And if you went on a night out as a young adult, you would already know like, okay, like, if I'm going to go out tonight, then I need at least three days to just do nothing, because that's how long it takes me. Whereas other people that don't know that about themselves, it's like they can get frustrated of like, God, I feel so terrible. I went into that not knowing. And so again, it's, it's human design is a, is a learning tool about who we are, how we are, why we are. Um, and ultimately like we're all going to face a certain level of conditioning, right? Like yeah. we're, we're all going to face it. We have to experience conditioning in order to undo it. So again, that repeat, what well, we do not repair. You have to experience it in order to repair it if necessary. Yeah. Um, and sometimes conditioning is good, sometimes conditioning isn't so good. Um, but it's just a part of this life experience. And so if you're hearing about human design for the first time and now you're suddenly thinking, like, oh my gosh, have I done something wrong? Absolutely not. No, you haven't. Yeah, yeah. You're, you know, this is being spoken about, you're hearing this um as a support function rather than any kind of like right and wrong. Um because You know often when we start to dive into patterns and behaviors naturally we can overthink certain things and so you know if there are any kind of triggers for people then there is a lot of like professional help out there but human design is just one tool that can help map or understand certain behaviors between you and your child or you and other humans in general um and I firmly believe that if you're ready to do like deep inner work and knowing these patterns can really help you understand where these behaviors come from, rather than it being a shock or rather than it being any negative thing, it's it's ultimately a modality of self-exploration.
1: Yeah, I love that. So how, if this is Pete, someone's interested in themselves or in the way that they parent, obviously we know how to contact you via the microphone. <laughs> collective you can find Laura there and this new um, aspect of your work in terms of this appointment that you can have just focusing on your children it is up it is live today so you can book in Mm -hmm. and explore this with other people any last final thoughts that you would want us to know
0: um, I think I would just say if, if anybody's curious about it um, and they have questions before they would want to meet them, feel free to reach out through the collective. It's Laura at the Life Path Collective. Um, you can follow me on Instagram um, or TikTok. It's available there too. Um, but I think it's something that is a conscious choice to want to dive in and understand either yourself or Um, your relationships um, with more context. And so if you have any questions before you make that commitment, um, then just reach out. And this is a modality that I have personally considered life-changing. And I know, I know, and I'm going to say that with conviction, I know this can help everybody in any situation, whether it's parenthood, work relationships, work specifically, or any kind of relationships. And so um, if you just want a bit more information or have any questions before you make the commitment to yourself, then um, I'm all, I'm all is um, just reach out. Love that. And
1: we'll pop in the show notes. So look down there on the other episodes that Laura has done. I'll refer to them so you can go back exactly if you want to dive in more and listen more, but as always, congratulations firstly
0: thank you.
1: <laughs> sleep and 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 being in service to many in this way i, I think that that is mm-hmm. just so beautiful and i'm i'm so proud of you having having watched this grow over so many years um and feel very fortunate that you have decided to share this on the light path collective um and thank you for your time today and and sharing this gift with us
0: you're welcome. I'm looking forward to speaking to anybody who wants to talk about human design. I can geek out about it for hours. <laughs> Thanks, lot. Thank you.
1: Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Light Path Podcast. I hope that the information shared here has helped illuminate your path. Be sure to check out the show notes for links related to this episode. While you're there, remember to subscribe to the podcast to ensure you never miss an episode. I'm Kirsten Leo, and I can't wait to explore and expand our capacity for abundance, worthiness, and love together in the next episode.